I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi there. My name is Jenny Rooney, Chief Experience Officer and host of Adweek's newest podcast, Marketing Vanguard. We're so excited to bring you the next evolution of CMO Moves by bringing you insightful content from our marketing community. Together, we'll dive into discussions with CMOs and other C-suite executives who are tasked daily with making decisions that in incremental or monumental ways move the needle for their brands, their companies, and the customers they serve. In each episode, we'll focus on one key idea or decision, why they made it, what it caused, whether it worked, the ripples it set forth, and how it has defined the person as a business leader. We also address missteps, poor choices, and gambles, as mistakes, of course, often yield the greatest knowledge. In addition, we'll ask each guest to share the names of people they rely on daily, as well as a recommendation for whom we should interview next. Hi, everyone. I'm Jenny Rooney. I'm the Chief Experience Officer at Adweek, and I'm thrilled to be joined uh, today by Jennifer Halloran. She's the CMO of Mass Mutual. Jennifer, welcome. Thank you. Happy to be here. So glad you're here. Um, thanks for joining Marketing Vanguard podcast. Um, we're super excited to get into it today. We, uh, you know, we love to talk to marketers who are driving change through their actions and the decisions they're making every day. So we're going to kind of unpack that a little bit from your vantage point in this uh, conversation. So, so thank you so much again. Um, Let's start by, you know, I think our world is so obsessed right now with social media profiles and sort of the the external facing bios and information that we share the, with the world. But what is one thing about you that nobody would know just by looking at your LinkedIn profile? Um, I think, honestly, it's funny. If you, if you were on my team here, you would you would laugh that, no, that I don't have it on my profile. But I am a passionate sports fan. Um, I grew up with a twin brother. And we did everything together. So that meant I was always the one who had to pitch baseballs at him or be his lacrosse backdrop or, you know, be the one that got flipped on the rug when he started to get into wrestling so I could learn all the things that he had learned to do. And um, so I just, um, it's just one of my favorite things to study. I I love um, all the life lessons, I think, that people get out of sports and um, love the emotional connection with fans and and the customers and stuff like that. So I, it, it seems funny when people first meet me, they're like, you, you know anything? And I could run down every single stat for every football game played this past weekend. So, um, oh my gosh. One of my favorite sports for sure, but uh, so, passionate. So you were watching not only the game recently, you were, or not only the ads recently, ads, you were yeah. actually watching the game. So, yes, yes. Amazing. Um, well, I have a, a sports related question to ask you further down. So, uh, so that's awesome. Um, 
you know, look, obviously your path to CMO, um, I'm sure is a, a very interesting story. Had you not ended up in this place in your life, in this profession, what would you have been? Wow. Um, it's so funny because I have this conversation. I have uh, kids that are just graduating from college now, and they're all trying to figure out if they should know exactly what they need to be in life. Mm-hmm. And um, when I went to Boston College, I majored in economics and political science, so you could not get any further away from being a CMO. Seriously. Um, but I think that the root of what I studied and what I learned around the economy and you know the, what shapes the things around us and what we influence in different communities um, I still have sort of that that data and that heart rooted in um, trends and influences and in consumers. So um, I think honestly, uh, if I had a chance, I would certainly be you know closer to the media and entertainment industries and um, really studying the shifts and trends and how uh, to get people you know engaged in in different things, whether it's marketing or just their personal passions for sure. Um, also, always had a real fascination with luxury brands because of the the difficulty of the sell cycle and then when everybody moved into digital and online and all the challenges. So um, I think I always would have this like rooted heart in following customers and, and data and trends and how to reach people. Um, but I uh, never thought I would ever start as a CMO. That's for sure. Yeah, no, I love, but I love your sharing your educational background because I think more and more we're starting to track um, diversity of education and experience as foundational to, to true CMOs. I mean, all respect to universities and classes that are teaching marketing curricula, which I think is still um, important, of course. But I do think that there's such um, such learnings that come from, you know, for example, what what you have learned. I mean, I've talked to CMOs who had, um, you know, engineering in their educational background and, and just vastly different things that I, I do think ultimately inform, I mean, psychology, sociology, all of these things, even, yeah. you know, literature and storytelling and creative writing, like, there's really no end to um, what's possible, I think, from an educational standpoint, that can still be really foundational for what you guys do as, uh, as CMOs and as business leaders in, in, in companies. Yeah. Talk a little bit about something, you know, in your earlier life that informed, um, you know, just shape how shape, has shaped how you lead, right? Because again, CMOs are, are unique business leaders within their organizations. And there's so much that is on their plates as far as, you know, culture and talent and um, things like sustainability and supply chain and all those things, um, you know, that now increasingly is falling under the remit. So being a leader and navigating all of that complexity is a real skill in and of itself. Is there something that you learned as a child or or growing up that you think has informed how you lead in your organization? Yeah, I think I've always been um, very much a people person. And I think growing up, maybe it was because I grew up with a twin brother, so I was almost never by myself. Um, but always having the ability to um, be, and you know, I used to tell my kids, don't have one best friend, make your circle wide. And I think that ability to, to have good relationships and manage relationships and understand how much people need and depend on each other in their day-to-day personally and their jobs has been a big piece of what helps me in my role as far as bridging relationships across the company for sure. I also think that you know trust and confidence to me are really critical. You know, if, you're, if you're lucky to surround yourself with really smart people, um, and I think this has sort of always been my leadership approach, 
then I trust them and I give them the room to make their own decisions. And if you if you find some times that you inherit a team, which has happened to me in the past, where I come into a company and I have a new team and I don't know the strength of them and I don't know how much trust that they have in their decisions and, and what we're doing, then I think that's where the confidence falls in, where you really need to know that you have the confidence to make it up and trust your gut and you know do what you believe in and encourage the people around you to do the same. I think that's always been really important to me as far as being able to make sure that you can, as a leader, I know what what I have on the team from a, from a decision-making perspective and a trust perspective. And whenever you have that gap or your decision and you're not really sure who has the right call, you just have to have your own confidence to be able, as a leader, to make that call for, for you and for your team and for everyone, anything you're working on. One of the things I talked to CMOs about is they wish they would hear more stories of mistakes or failures because... <laughs> one of the greatest ways to learn is through mistakes and is through missteps and, and, and failures, which is such a strong word, but um, part of what you're talking about enabled, you know, being able to have that confidence and trust in the word confidence comes from the inherent reality that there's risk involved. Right. Mm -hmm. And so can you trace back to a time where you've made a misstep, you've made a mistake or you've done something that didn't have the outcome you anticipated, but you learned so much from it? Yeah, I, I have two. One, I think, would be in the work and one is in sort of some of the leadership things that I've learned. Um, I, I definitely think in, you know, in one of the roles that I've had around sort of managing and leading, rebuilding the brand and working with creative agencies. And in essence, I think some of this might have been because I didn't have a, myself surrounded by a really strong team that I could bounce things off of. I let the timing, you know, you're, you're running on deadlines and you're supposed to have campaigns in the market and you think you have a really strong brief and you love your creative agency, so you want to trust and run with it. And I just, I know, you know, we, we put a campaign into market that, I never really could see and get my hands around. And we had to have it in market. We were running against deadlines. And I said, okay, you know, guys, I trust you. you you've got this. It's, it's going to work. And I never walked away from that terrible feeling in my stomach. And when we went, even through the whole TV shoot on site, even through when I went into market, and immediately I had to start pulling things out of test and immediately I had to start taking things down. And I right away saw that a lot of the pieces that we had put together just weren't performing. And in essence, it was some of it I never even ran at all into market. And it, there was a really awful feeling where you, you just, the only person you can really go back to is blame yourself for not trusting the feeling and, you know, like that, that empty feeling you have in your stomach when you're like, I'm not loving this. But everybody's selling you on it, and they say, you know, this is going to be the best work, and you know you have to get it into market. Um, and ever since I did that, and I, I did it once, and then I did a little bit a second time, I said, my new rule is that um, I don't care what the deadline is. And some people have this luxury, and some people don't. But I always think that there's a way to, if you don't feel good about it, don't force it. Really, really, really don't push it. Even though you know the team is great, even though you've done great work in the past, um, I just think you, we all have to really know when we know this just isn't it and reset and take the deadline or take the 
you know, whatever it is that's looming over everybody to keep pushing on something that isn't feeling right out of the way or push it or put something else in its place until you can get it right. I think that's really important. And that's not always easy when you have great creative agencies that think the work is amazing and is going to win awards. And you think you've got, you know, all the, all the right things in the brief and all the right metrics ahead of you. You know, I am a real firm believer, and if it just doesn't feel right, you need to pull it and and find another route or find another substitute. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also, I think, I've also seen that in a leadership team as well as you know, sort of inheriting a team of people who I was really thought we could sort of transform and and change. And if you really can't get it right out of the gate with the right mentality and the right culture, um, you know. Don't, don't make it worse um, to rebuild something when you don't have the right skills there and the right talent. You know, a friend I used to work with always used to say, you know, Jen, we're just rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic. It's still not going to work. And I just, and it's hard with people and you want to do the right thing and you want to give people a chance and you really should give them that ability to develop and stretch. Um, but I, you know, I had to completely dismantle a team and rebuild trust with all of my internal business partners that, it was still the right structure for how the marketing team should work. It was just the wrong people. Mm. Um, and I think that's another place where I wanted to, you know, sort of save some people and not make the wrong decisions and give them the chance. And um, again, it's, you got to be willing to say whether it's a leadership call or a creative call that if it's just not working, do your best to unpack it, but be willing to say that it's just not right at some point. I appreciate that tremendously. I mean, I think so many leaders are struggling with that. Um, and those are hard calls, right? Because same thing, you've got people in the room who are saying, yes, 100%, this is the way This is the way to do something. Uh, but if in your gut, and that's why you're in the role that you are, right? It's mm-hmm. your knowledge, it's your expertise, it's what you've studied um, to get to that place of, of that moment of decision. And your gut does matter. Right. It is a factor in that <laughs> equation. So Jennifer, I want to talk to you now, going back to your your reference to sports and, and how much of a sports fan you are. Um, I actually played a lot of soccer growing up. And so that's, that is the game that I love personally. Uh, and so I, as I go about my life, I'm often brought back to the field, right? And the memory of being on a field, being with a team, having a shared goal, having a shared objective, shared objective of getting that ball in the net. Um so my question to you is, you're a player on a soccer team. Are you the striker at the front <laughs> who's, you know, aiming to score? Um, are you at midfield sort of holding the line and, and being the base? Or are you at defense pr- trying to protect the goal? Um, and are you at the center of the field or on either side? So I'll let you answer that any way you'd like. <laughs> That's a great question. <laughs> um, well, I have to say it'll, it'll make... No sense, but I played soccer when I was younger, but I played lacrosse in high school and college. And so I think even though in soccer I was a midfield, but my instincts were always on defense. Mm-hmm. But in lacrosse, I was um, a center and a midi. And so yeah. it was the middle of the field, but I was never uh, the highest scorer, but usually led the team in assists. So I think that's probably where, you know, my – my um, sense to always be in the attack zone of the field, but not necessarily to need to be, you know, the, the leader or the, the top hero there. Well, that plays into the next question, um, <laughs> which is no pun intended, but who are your best collaborators, you know, both within your organization, um, you know, and to some extent externally as well, but, you know, the people you need to work with to be successful. 
Yeah. Um, I put it, I think I would put it into sort of three buckets for me. The first, I think I learned when I was in business school, I went back for my MBA and they uh, put us into groups for a lot of the projects. It was sort of a new thing. That's how old I am. But back then it was a new thing for the study model. And I really learned a lot from the people who balanced me out, meaning that I was never super strong with finance and forecasts and spreadsheets, but I could build the slides and the story. And having people that were with me on those teams to learn the balance skills, um, I think are really important. And, And those are the people that I think are really useful for me um, because I definitely have to know a lot about the logistics and the finance of a P&L and a product um, to cross-sell. But for me to be able to add the value on what the consumer wants and which product is the next cross-sell has really been able to help this sort of combined collaborated skill set to generate and build growth models for us. Um, I think another bucket sort of in my mind, I think the best ones that I find success working with are who, people that are really open-minded and creative. And that may sound really obvious because I worked as an account you know, lead in an ad agency for years, and a lot of my day-to-day is still with creatives and agencies. But I think you know, I do really well with people that are willing to think about big ideas, talk about risks, um, you know, don't talk about what has been done in the past, but look at what we could do in the future. Um, I, my poor team, I'm, I'm also the one that never says, don't come into me with a budget idea. We'll worry about that later. That doesn't help anybody on my team that does worry about it. But, um, you know, I think that's this idea of really not having guardrails to start um, are people that I do really well with um, in, in the work that we do. Um, and last, I would say, I just think it's, it's people who are really honest and willing to be accountable. Um, I mean, maybe it's the Irish in me, but... Um, the not passive decision makers, but people that are can be realistic and clear and say, yeah, I, th- I, th- I think this is really the right way and the smart way to do things. Um, those, I think, are important ways to sort of collaborate and build great work, at least for me in my past. Yeah. No, I, what I'm hearing is, you know, you want people to step up as much as you're stepping up, right? Yeah. And sort of like go, on, go out on that limb, even as you are, because that that's where you meet people, right? And they, you feel you feel confidence and trust in them, even as they do in you. Um, if you feel like they can match your, um, you know, your strength and and your in your sort of um, uh, your risk taking, for lack of a better term. But um, but I hear that in you. You know, yeah. um, talk a little bit about you know we. We like to, in Marketing Vanguard, really talk about CMOs as not just brand, but business leaders. Um, And they really are um, peers in the C-suite. They need to be in the boardroom conversations and visionary operators for the company. Can you talk a little bit about how you, how that translates for you um, and how you define that reality from your perspective? Yeah, so as far as, you know, who do I work with the most on... But in across the company or connecting the work? Just um, how do you define yourself as a business leader within your organization? Um, yeah. Um, I think for me, it's been uh, a really interesting journey and discussion as far as understanding what the, what, what the people around me get from marketing and the role of marketing. I love that. And yeah. And I think we hear it a lot in a lot of conversations with CMOs. And, you know, if, whether it's the the lack of understanding with the CFO and the CMO over budgets or I think, you know, I always laugh there was a reason that 
one of my, you know, we get paired up on the executive leadership team here and I got our chief risk officer, which I think is pretty funny because I think I probably keep him up most at night. But, um, so it's off the sign in that. I was like, I get why he and I meet every month now. But I, I think it's, you know, it's, it's really, um, it's an environment where I'm not surrounded. It's an, I don't work at a CPG or a D2C environment. Mm-hmm. I work in financial services through multiple distribution channels in a company that is a manufacturer of products and a distributor. And so almost everything that I start with is already confusing. Our distribution sales force doesn't carry the brand. Some of them do, some of them don't, but I have to build the brand. And it's, you know, a lot of these places where I really find that um, the nature and not to anybody's fault here, but just the industry and the sort of the demographic of where I am is not marketing inherent as in other industries. So I think one of the biggest things that I have to do as a leader and I try to design and build in my team that we all become every day at work advocates of marketing. Mm -hmm. And whenever I get that question, it usually comes again to no fault of some of our distribution team They'll say, well, I don't really get what you do in marketing if you guys aren't going to build sales presentations for X, Y, and Z. And, you know, we, we sort of go back and we say, well, that's, a, that's sales support and you have a team over here that does it. And, you know, it's, it's my, my constant thought around defining what marketing does, um, I think, is one of the biggest roles that I have here and that my team has where we have to remind people. And my line always is we're a growth center and not a cost center. And I mm-hmm. think that's new to some of the people that run in P&Ls and you know, think differently where the customer may be defined by different terms. And um, we really have to make sure that people get the direct connection to the value that marketing has and the value that brand has. And um, it's it's not in storyboards anymore. It's in dashboards. So we all have to make sure that we understand mm-hmm. um, what we're working on as leaders. How do we influence people that think very differently than us? And how do we really show them um, the power and the value of what we're doing. You're marketing, marketing within your organization. Yeah, yeah. a lot. What scares you as a business leader, and and what do you do to overcome those fears? Wow, I would say I think losing touch of the customer and disconnecting the brand. I think really mm-hmm. losing touch. Of the way. I worry that we would lose touch of our audience because. There's so many different, we all segment and personalize in our worlds today. And I just had had my team going through this exercise now where I think in some ways the more authentic we get to be by focusing on certain segments, whether it's our sponsorship with the NHL and a hockey player audience or um, focusing on women as a segment or multicultural that we don't always overlay that people are more than one segment to their day-to-day. And if we can't really make sure that we understand the depth of our audience and how fast every way that they want to engage and work with a brand or a product changes, um, then we're just going to come back as nothing to no one. And I really think you know, that's that's hard to make sure that you show up authentic and real and personal um, when you start layering the 50 different types of segments and personas. And then all of a sudden, we could look very differently every time we open our mouth. So I think that's important for people to sort of really focus on 
Um, I think what we do across the team is we push on that often. Every quarter we bring our agencies and, and our, um, our strategy team and we all sit down and go back through even a four C's exercise. And we track and say, you know, where are we? And are we sure we're still on top of everything? Are we sure we still really understand who we're talking to? We're Tomorrow we, are, we're, we have them all coming in. We're, we have boards all over the conference room. I said, show me the work going all the way down the funnel and across the funnel. You know, really, are we showing up um, consistently and and the same? And I think the diverse audiences and diverse talent bring really interesting and really unique opportunities. Um, but you can also get really, really segmented and then start to look like and sound like nothing to anyone. Yeah. My goodness. Yeah. I love that. And I think everybody listening would find that resonates um, for them so deeply. Um, obviously, creativity, you know, having a creative mind is sort of um, a consistent uh, consistency across um, CMOs that I've talked to. But again, creativity can manifest in so many ways and it can be defined in so many ways, right? I mean, there's the there's the go-to advertising creative creativity, but then there's creative creativity and process and in org design and in decision-making and, um, you know, all the ways that creativity manifests. Um, for that, you need inspiration, right? Getting a regular dose of inspiration, I think, is so key for marketing leaders. Where do you find inspiration that informs your work? You know, it's funny. I, I think a lot of it is um, in in the industry and in in my peers. I, mean, I think, um, you know, I mean, it's one of the ways I just joined something you you guys had shared two or three weeks ago that you know maybe really get refreshed on it. And I think that's important. We we have to stay in it, and we all work in different verticals, in different places. And I could spend my entire day just looking at financial services. I would miss so much. And in all honesty, it could get kind of boring because it's not, you know, it's always the same. So I think I love, I like to look across industries. I like to look at other people's work. I think it's important for us to stay in communities with other CMOs and with other um, people that are really deep in the industry because what I hear about what they're doing or what I, what I understand about great work is always changing and you have to be exposed to that. You can't just sit in your own vertical, in your own space, and really around your own peers. I think I think you got to cross industries and, and look outside. Um, I love watching um, TV ads. I love watching the creative. It drives my children nuts to watch TV with me because I, every, every commercial break, I'm telling somebody about who that audience was designed for, and they don't really care. But everything piece of work to me, I think, is really creative. I'm always looking for that. Um, you know, whether it's I've had inspiration from Mercedes ads and Apple ads at the holidays to the exact same repeatable ad that we see from certain brands every year just because it's timeless and it makes sense. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that's that's really, really interesting to me. Um, and I think the last thing is I, I find a lot of inspiration in our customers in looking at what's happening around us and who are we trying to reach and what's important to certain national events for certain people. You know, we for years now we've been fortunate to work with the SPN and sponsor the Pat Tillman Award at the SBs each year. Mm -hmm. And every time I see somebody who gets that award, I am inspired and impressed by the type of people that we want to be supporting or raising up. And as a as a marketer and a CMO and the owner of the brand and the brand values and the money behind the brand. 
I'm fortunate enough that I can use that money to raise and bring out people like that. Um, and we do it with the NHL as well. There, we can really bring out the inspiration in who the people are that emulate who we want to be as a brand. And, and that's, that's finding those opportunities and finding those places where you can give that back, I think is really important. And mm. that's inspiring. I, I love that. Um, I, I just love that because I, I do think always being on the so-called front lines or like being with the people for whom you're doing all this work at the end of the day is is what matters. Um, and I also heard in, in what you said around you got you get inspiration from the different. Right. So, yeah. you know, your point about connecting with other marketers that are in vastly different industries. I mean, you learn from different perspectives, you know, not you learn some things from peers who are in exactly the same, going through exactly the same experience that you are. But I also think we have to create spaces where we're learning from people who are completely unlike us and completely see things differently. And because that's obviously where new learning comes. So I, I love that you're putting yourself in those environments, um, you know, where you have access to the different, which yeah. is, which is very cool. Um what are the metrics that matter to you, um, to your CFO and to your CEO and board and sort of in that Venn diagram, where do they connect? Yeah, um, I think they're, they're, they're probably quite consistent in how we can really grow the company and grow the business. Um, we certainly have a lot around brand. Um, they, when I started here almost six years ago, we had low uh, awareness, brand awareness at a national level. And I think that was important to our leadership team into the board. And again, it's probably, it's again, it's, we have a, we have a distribution model where not everybody carries the brand, unlike some of our competitors. And so um, we needed to build a national presence. We're seeing, you know, obviously had a, a New England concentration, you know, an, an old Massachusetts based company with a lot of great history, but how do we make that something that's more national and more recognizable? So um, for sure, um, really strengthening the power of the brand for Mass Mutual, which also, in our world, supports the distribution channels as well. Even if they don't carry um, the brand name itself, it's um, it's making that point of sale um, better for everyone and easier for everyone. So um, that's a big piece of it. We've also built a, a lot in the past two years. Um, we did a large reorg here and redesigned the marketing teams and capabilities, and we built um, a, a marketing attribution model so that we actually can show um, increase in sales, which is always important. Um, you know, long-term sales are key products. So we've seen a lot of success there. I think really being able to show the contribution to the support that we're building and growing the actual sales line um, and building the brand. And then I think another piece of it in um, and another way for us is also growing our customer base from a relationship perspective and an opportunity perspective. Um, you know, again, not being a direct-to-consumer channel, uh, and in essence, some of it's the brand, but I think it's important, is that we do a lot around, uh, my team does a lot around customer insight and a lot around customer data of our existing um, customers, but also the opportunities that we have to grow in different segments and, and, and newer markets. And um, so we have a lot of work that we do around really not just showing the efficacy of the funnel, but how are we growing and finding new opportunities for the funnel? And um, I think that's important with the overarching piece of the brand at the top. Uh, we'll be right back with more Marketing Vanguard after this quick break. Hi. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. So Jennifer, I have a few more questions for you. Um, you know, what's the one decision you've made that has had the most significant ripple effects for your business? I think uh, most, most definitely, I think it was moving the shift from marketing to be more performance and digital. Uh, again, when I started here, there was a it was a team that was called Brand and Advertising, and marketing was sort of desperate across different divisions and we consolidated all that and we were you know i was saying earlier that i think people didn't really understand the value of marketing it's really hard to show that if you can't um, show the actual result in the data so i think in our business moving to um, real tactical kpis around performance building a marketing technology stack here mm -hmm. um, which took us a year and a half or more to really implement. And then with that came the culture that makes sure that we're balancing the creative connections with the performance, um, has actually been able to show the measurable business results, but also helped us to build the credibility and clarity on the power and the role that marketing has um, and what the brand can do as well. Mm -hmm. Slightly related, but slightly different question. You know, this is called the Marketing Vanguard po Podcast and Vanguard actually, um, directly defined means a group of people leading the way in new developments or ideas. What's an example of a development or an idea that you've had that has led the way for your company or for the industry? Wow. Um, I think, I think it's really been this, this idea of making sure that we understand how we can be innovative and, creative around uh, the brand that we have and how it can change the business and the people around us. Mm -hmm. uh, when we started to do the, when I started here, they hired me to, to rebrand the rebrand all of the 160 plus year old company mm -hmm. and a really crowded space where everybody tends to look the same. Mm -hmm. And what I thought was really important was that we focus more on that we, you know, really defining the who we are and not what we are. And then when people could find that connection and understand who we were and what type of brand we were and how they could relate to us almost as a person, then we get to the next level around consideration and we can tell them what we do. You know, mm -hmm. that there's a theory that, you know, I really believe that people buy from brands that they love and then everything else they just pick up on Amazon. And I think <laughs> coming up with this sort of and leading the way in the way that people understood the definition of what brand was 
um, at least for the, for where we were at the time. Um, and what's really helped us move to stop talking about what you do mm-hmm. um, and think about what somebody cares about, you know, almost as I, I used to tell the team, think about it like walking in a cocktail party. It's the same core of, of how everybody builds social channels. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to listen first and then find something that's relatable. And then you'll keep talking if you find that same connection. Mm. And and you have to, I think when you try to build a brand or reintroduce yourself as a brand or try to really do something that's different with your brand, you have to step out of it and think of it um, from that angle. You know, mm-hmm. who, who are we and not what are we and what do we do? I love the cocktail party analogy because that is so true. Like you don't just dump your whole story on somebody when the minute you meet them, whether you know them or not. Right. I mean, it's like, it's almost like a, it's true. It's like building something out of Legos. Like you put a block down and then you put another, then you, you know, but I mean, it's gotta be a gradual process um, to really tell the full story and make sure that there's receptivity there as you go along. Right. So I love that. Um, well, last quick question, you know, who's next? Um, as we, you know, as as we're very focused on paying it forward, but also opening this up, you know, Marketing Vanguard, opening it up and bringing people in um, who perhaps we don't know, um, but who we, who we want to know better, you know, who should be the next CMO or industry leader that you would recommend we interview for Marketing Vanguard? Um, I actually think I've heard her speak a number of times, and I think she's really fascinating. I know there's some articles in Adweek on her, too, but I think the story of Jen Rubio with Away Luggage is really interesting to me. She started as a co-founder. She became a CMO. Now she's a CEO. Um, she's been through a really challenging uh, you know, luggage in an industry that was shut off from travel for two years. Um, I just I, I don't know her personally, but I follow her, and I think she's really fascinating. Love that. Love that. Love that. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jennifer. This has been such a great conversation. So fascinating. You're so fascinating (laughs) and truly, and um, you know, you've dropped some incredible pearls of wisdom that I know everybody will benefit from hearing. So um, thanks for joining me today. And I look forward to seeing you again soon. Yeah. Thank you, Jenny. I hope so. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Marketing Vanguard, part of the Adweek Podcast Network and ACAST Creator Network. This podcast was produced by Jordan Pretano, executive produced by Al Manorino and John Heil, and edited by Lane McGibney at Batwell Studios. You can listen and subscribe to all of Adweek's podcasts by visiting adweek.com slash podcasts. Stay updated on all things Adweek Podcast Network by following us on Twitter at Adweek Podcasts. And if you have a question or suggestion for the show, send us an email at podcast at adweek.com. Thanks for listening. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan.